everyone out there. How's it going? Welcome to Screen Speak. It is the podcast that is all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson. This is my podcast, and I really sincerely thank you for taking the time to give it a listen. Uh, go ahead and follow or download episodes of ScreenSpeak on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. You can also check out the YouTube channel that's just simply titled ScreenSpeak. I'll post some audio bites there. Eventual videos will be posted there as well, and maybe some stuff in between. And then there is also the Instagram page that you can follow just called at ScreenSpeak Podcast. I'll post some behind-the-scenes from episodes, give you some hints for what's coming up, as well as some other movie-related things from time to time. So do one or all those things. Any of it helps. I really appreciate it. Um, Excuse me. So with me today is actually my big brother. Uh, Jared Anderson is with me here in in the studio. I think it's funny saying that, but in studio, Jared Anderson's here. Hello, everyone. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Have you ever done anything like this before? No, this is not my kind of thing normally. What is, so, what is your kind of thing normally? Something that involves a keyboard and typing, so that my voice isn't heard. Like you just, what do you like to type? Messages. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I no, I actually am really, I'm really happy to have you on here because I I know that you do like movies, maybe not as much as myself, but there are certain movies like the one we're going to talk about today that I know, I think you have some interesting perspectives and input that you can share on it. Your face is like, oh, no, don't put that kind of pressure on me. Well, I just want to get a disclaimer out of the way of, I am very much a fanboy with this movie, and. With all movies in general, I don't tend to nitpick much. So if the direction of the movie is telling me, hey, this is what we're, where we're going, I am along for the ride, and that's that. I will, I will say that Jared, just like he said, I've always, I, I tease him in like the, the best way possible because he is like the most ideal audience member you could ask for. And I, I mean, I mean that with sincerity because like he said, he's not necessarily like critical, but at the same time, it's pretty hard for, I feel like it'd be pretty hard for him to watch a movie and just be like, oh, this thing was just a real big train wreck to get through. I mean, even bad movies you can find enjoyment out of. Paranormal Activity would be the closest. The first one? or Yes. Just... I laughed my ass off through we, most of that. We watched that together. Did we? Yeah, yeah, because we were over... Um... Were we at Le- Leo's? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, okay. were, we were over yeah. at her parents' house, and I remember we were in the living room because her, her dad was there. And wasn't he like actually like really into it? Yeah, he's always been a big fan of Ghost. paranormal stuff, so it was up his alley. But anyway, it's funny. It was. There are some because if memory serves on this, and I, and granted, this is a bit of a distraction from what we're talking <laughs> about. But if memory serves, I remember the first time I watched that, and like the the boyfriend in it, I kept wasn't he kind of like the voice of reason, or one one of yeah, them was like the more reasonable more one. Like, yeah, um, more grounded. But yeah, it just. Yeah, I don't know. My my policy with that is there is a ghost in the place, just leave. Yeah. Unless it's like a conjuring thing where like the demon follows you around and like, you know what I mean? Because that's like, I don't know if that works. Unless if you have John Constantine's number, then, you know, that'll be cool. I feel like there, I bet there's real life Constantine's. Because exorcisms, they still practice it in the Catholic Church, I think. That's a whole other episode for you. It, yeah, most definitely is. I should talk, what... I'm trying to think, actually, what would be a good demon movie to talk about? You could actually probably do a theme with it. Yeah, like you know, how, how several, so? Ninth Gate, 
Constantine, just kind of ones that touch like on in, that. in October. Yeah. You know, spooky month. Yeah. Something like that. That's not a bad idea. So more explore the theme and how it's been projected. I like it. There I like are. it. See? See? Good okay. good ideas. Um, okay. So <clears throat> the movie that we are going to talk about today is Aliens, directed by James Cameron. Came out in July of 1986, uh, which is pretty pretty crazy when i think about that i mean it's before either of us was born um but anyhow i'm gonna go through the synopsis real quick for the movie i'm i'm sure most people have likely seen this movie but you know in the off chance that there are some that haven't um hopefully this helps so after floating in space for 57 years lieutenant ripley who's played by sigourney weaver uh her shuttle is found in uh, by a deep space salvage team which very quick sidetrack here, but when I think of Deep Space Salvage teams, I always think of that one badass cutscene from the first StarCraft game where the salvage team goes on there and like they find like the Zerg kills them all and there's the pistol that sounds like a sh- like like a, like a shotgun. Yeah, that is cool. But also, real quick comment on that scene: it is amazing that they were honest salvagers because I've always thought how easy would it have been for them to just nope we didn't find anyone and just shoot Ripley out into space that's true yeah so the fact that you have honest salvage man in in that time that that there's hope for humanity I like that (laughs) I like that so back to the synopsis but upon arriving at LV 426 the Marines find only one survivor a nine-year-old girl named Newt uh, played by Carrie Henn, who actually, I believe, because um, they did a recent anniversary panel, actually, while Bill Paxson was alive, rest in peace. Um, she's a teacher now, an elementary school teacher, I think. She just didn't do acting. Like, that was, like, her one her one thing. Kind of cool. It is kind of cool, especially since just last night I learned that the kid that plays Charlie in Charlie and Chocolate Factory, that's his only thing, apparently. Really? Yeah. He's that, a- that kid? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I can't even we'll recall his name. More, but yeah, so apparently that was the only film he did. That's that's that is interesting. I'm yeah. gonna have to definitely do a Google search on that. Um, anyways, back to the synopsis again. But even the the battle hardened Marines, with all their latest weaponry and whatnot, they're basically no match for all the aliens that have invaded the colony. And in a sense, it's sort of a I don't want to say like a, like a classic horror movie, but like you know they get picked off so to speak, and, like, you wonder who's going to out, you know, outlive them and, and last towards the end. But that's a general synopsis for the movie. Uh, it's, it's an action movie, I think, at its, at its core with, of course, uh, a lot of elements of horror and suspense and, and even some other things in there. But <clears throat> the thing I want to ask you in particular, Jared, is because this is a movie that, over time, uh, it's it's a very well loved movie. I mean, I I would definitely say that this movie is a classic. It's been uh, it's been critically praised. I actually forget that Sigourney Weaver was nominated for an Oscar for oh. yeah, she was up for an Oscar, and I think the movie was up Good. for a few different Oscars, uh, like five or six, mostly for like visual effects works and things like that. But I always get encouraged when I see a movie that actually has wide audience appeal, has critical acclaim, and also gets recognized by the Academy for any merits that it has. Because I just, that that's that combination a, of things doesn't happen often. No, that's a very hard standard to, to get to. A lot of work goes into that. The last time I can recall 
any situation like that ever happened, I think, was with Mad Max Fury Road. Because that was up for a lot of different Oscars. Audiences liked it. Critics liked it. Lord and that just doesn't happen that much. Lord of the Rings. Just wanted yeah. to add that one. Now, Lord of the Rings is absolutely a given. Critics love it. Audiences love it. And I love it. Halflings, especially. The Hobbits? Yeah. Why do they call them halflings? I mean, obviously, like, they're half of a person. Right there. Uh, that's just it? Probably. I don't know if there's, like, a deeper thing to that. Maybe uh, not. But I like that. I have to ask, if you're ever around a kid, would you call him a halfling? Oh, yeah. That would be probably the tamest thing I would call a child. What else do you call kids, Jared? Assholes. <laughs> I take it you're not a big fan of, of children. Nope, they are not for me. That is perfectly okay. I love the honesty. Um, but back to Aliens, why do you think people love this movie so much? I think because, well, first, Ridley Scott, you know, he did Alien. He, he set the universe up so well i haven't seen it the most but you know then they made the sequel and james cameron helped it achieve what you said about academy praise and you know the general population but i think it's because there's a little bit of everything while still evolving the the franchise it wasn't just you know a poor direction or quick cop out for cash it was done as a sequel properly and i think that really helps people because if it's organic like that and you have the right actors the right director that people pick up on that whether they think they do or not yeah um <clears throat> i think there's a lot of things like just as a sequel that you said that that work about this movie um Namely, I mean, namely James Cameron. I, I know before I hit record on this, uh, we were talking about how you had recently watched uh, the first Terminator. Yep. Um, and, you know, we were talking, of course, about T2, Judgment Day, which is arguably the, the best of the Terminators. It's the one that people cite the most. I'll be back and, you know, Bad to the Bone, all the iconic moments. Uh, John Connor's whiny little bitchy voice. Uh, <laughs> eh, you can't kill him. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Fairly annoying kid. Newt would put him out to pasture. What is what, my thing? Like, I, I got to talk about this with John Connor quick. Uh, one of my favorite things that he says uh, in that is like, we're like the stepdad comes out. He's just like, come on, get in the get in the house there, John. Do the chores. And she's like, she's not my mother, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I can just, I, I don't know on that. I don't know. Kid what was you, a dick. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he. I mean, I like his rebellious nature, but it's like you know, think of the parents. They probably, like, oh my god, this kid's trouble. But yeah. anywho, um, just as a sequel, I think it's very interesting what we had talked about. Uh, you know, off the off the recording here was that James Cameron and in, in Terminator Two, he he in a way did what he did with Aliens, is that he he took a concept, he took uh, you know, he took characters, he took a world, and then he evolved it while still maintaining the core of what made those movies work but he also changed it and that's such a tricky balance i think to strike especially especially i think in a science fiction world too because i don't know the the visual elements of that are very very important and like if you were to change too much it would lose what made it work in the first place and so i think he he did an amazing job of doing that and that's one of the reasons i think the movie holds up so well oh yeah um and then I guess uh, just you yourself, I mean, aside from why we think the movie holds up, 
but I mean, what do you, what do you love about this movie? You, you, I know you love this movie. You've seen it a lot more times, I think, than I have. Probably. Um, really, the atmosphere and the action, despite it almost being minimal in hindsight, there's really not much considering how long the movie is. But that and the actors are just I. I don't think you could have subbed one of those people out and still gotten the same film, no matter their role. Now, speaking of characters, this is most definitely an ensemble movie. Uh, Alien was, in a sense, an ensemble movie, but then it does eventually focus pretty much primarily on Ripley. Whereas this movie, you know, similar thing, you know, people start eventually getting, like, picked off and killed by the aliens, so, you know, she is still the central character, but she's around a lot more people in this movie and so um yeah the casting of this um i'm not sure who the casting director was but they did a freaking remarkable job at getting a bunch of people that a lot of them have actually gone on to do a lot of different things in in movies i'm not going to say a lot of them are like super standout famous but i don't know like this just they all worked like you said i mean every single one of them even like a part that you know, somebody would maybe, you know, see as being minor. It didn't feel minor. Like, yeah. everybody felt like they had equal worth in it. And, uh, and and also, I think that the movie's always smart, too, when they they give you a, that bit of time before the shit hits the fan for you to kind of get the sense of, like, the yeah. bond and the dynamic. Because if you just shove them right into the setting and then you just kill them all, you're not going to care. Right. Without making each one their own personal tale and story arc, but they did show you that these aren't just nameless Marines. These are people. They they each had a, a voice in this movie. And since so many of them were different, it was great to see that mesh, but it also played into the plot later on. Exactly. Now, there's a lot of different characters. The ones I had noted that I just, I can remember, Ripley, of course. You got Hicks, played by Michael Bean. Bishop, Lance Henriksen. Newt, played by Carrie. I can't remember her last name. Burke, I think that's Paul Reiser, right? He's like the, the, the I'm, dick corporate. I'm horrible with he's, he's the guy, yes, he's he the guy that corporate. tries to betray him, and he's just like, yep. don't worry, the company's got the good interests in mind. Yep. Uh, Vasquez, and then probably, I'm going to guess he's your favorite character. It's Hudson. Is Hudson your guy? He is, but for multiple reasons. And the one being, I know I said earlier that you couldn't have switched one role out uh, and gotten the same movie, but I don't know if this film would have done as good as it did without him. He brought just this this uh, aura almost to the the movie, to the people around him. I don't know. He he reacted also better, I think, more realistically than some people. That movie magic kind of disappeared, and you get to see him realize the situation they're in. He, yeah, I thought because uh, it's Bill Paxton who yeah. who plays Hudson, and I mean the guy has he he has a lot of range actually as an actor. I mean I, he's done dramatic stuff, he's done funny stuff, and I would actually argue that in a way he's kind of comedic at times but like darkly comedic because he's just like he's like oh fuck man oh shit you know but even then it's not like he's trying to act i i think that's it he doesn't try to be funny he is just himself his dark humor is just a human reaction Mm -hmm. to the situation they find themselves in and that's actually a very good point he's not cracking jokes no 
No, and, and in fact, like, I, if I remember uh, just from, you know, my memory of the movie, when they're introducing the Marines and, like, they're first waking up and they're going through their drills, and I remember he's a big shit talker. He's got a lot of confidence, or at least seemingly he does. He's just like, all right, man, like, we're going to come in and kick ass. And, you know, he, he does all that stuff. And so then you can kind of tell that, like, because he's almost one of the most, like, boisterous, like, larger personalities there, that once the shit starts hitting the fan, I think he's like, one of the first ones that panics, and it's just like, oh, shit, like, you know, like, we're all gonna die, game over, man. <laughs> yeah, and I think, actually, now that she has say that, uh, part of that is that he's almost like this behind-the-scenes glue for the team, for the Marines. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, however he's reacting, that's how well the squad is actually doing. He's almost like the embodiment of the situation. Yeah, in a way, he's, situations. uh... And, I think the people ride off of that. I think, yeah, he's, I'm, I'm trying to think, cause I don't know. I'm not going to say this probably the right way, but like, he's almost like the, the voice for the, the audience or yeah. like he, uh, yeah. he, he feels like you're like the audience is into the situation. Cause like he reacts, as you said, probably most realistically, most human. He's not trying to yeah. be too macho, but like he is scared and like yeah. he, his, he almost crumbles a couple of times. Um, but he is entertaining. He is. He's, he's very entertaining. Like, I, one of the things, just like, it's like, how can I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Yeah. His, it, he's Hudson. He's there. You're going to hear him, for better or worse. Now, does he, I, I mean, this is a spoiler, but he dies. Um, he goes out pretty cool, though, right? I mean, because, like, he's kind of, like, pissing his pants and being scared for a while. But then I think, like, towards his end... I mean, he was going down swinging, right? Yeah, but it's for such a short time period of while they're there, he's, I don't want to say growth because that, that implies a much larger story arc, but by the time he does pass, it's almost a different Hudson, but it's a better Hudson. He's a character, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think he's a lot, of, he's people's, a lot of people's favorite character in the movie. Um, and it's interesting because he, I mean, he truly is a supporting player in the movie. Um, I mean, other people, you know, Vasquez and and uh, and Hicks. I always get Hicks mixed, uh, mixed up with Hudson. Um, but there are a lot of really cool people in it. And I, I, I really like that, you know, not just because of the fact that I like Bill Paxton in other movies, but, you know, he's worth talking about in the movie and i i think as a supporting character he does the part a lot of justice but then also like i think probably gives hope honestly to other supporting actors that work in movies that's like hey you know just because you're not the leading star of a movie doesn't mean yeah. that you can't be remembered very good very um, good point but we, sh we should probably we have to address ripley though ripley i know Sigourney Weaver as her i don't know i don't know too many actors i should say but i don't know who you could have subbed in her place for that but the role the character for such a time when it was very 80s movies you know rambo uh terminator with all the male macho muscle leads you have sigourney weaver just being amazing with i don't know with her toughness both i mean she she is badass in both a Action-y fighting way, but also just mental and. Mm -hmm. Well, it's that's it's a great perspective for this. You well, can't. Yeah, I I mean no, I I completely agree with everything that you just said. Um, 
because let's go back to the first Alien movie. You know, Ridley Scott cast her, and, you know, even in that movie, now granted, now her character definitely is much more of a badass in Aliens, because in Alien, you know, she's still, I don't even know, like, what Wayland's company is, but, like, they're just essentially what, like... Like drillers or no, uh, that's not the just, right word. They're just like freight workers, truckers, no, space truckers. To my understanding, they are just a conglomerate, a major company. They will they test everything from you know prescription meds to like you said, mining and resources. It's mm-hmm. they don't. I don't think they want to rely on anyone else but themselves. So that's why you see them so much in all the movies. Is that they're that's how far their reach is. Wayland's in everything. For good yeah. or for bad. Which we are going to get to Waylon later, but going back to Ripley, she's not a soldier in Alien. That's the that's the point I'm trying to make, because by oh. the time all the events happen in from Alien to Aliens, she's still not a soldier in Aliens, but obviously she's more seasoned. She has experience. Well, she I has, mean, she got a long nap. She did get a long she, nap while well, resting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always wonder, like, I promise we're we're gonna stay on point with this, but the cat, what is the cat? Jonesy. Yeah, Jonesy. Yeah. I just like I can't think of another movie where hypersleep has an animal doing it too, and like I mean, granted, I'm not saying the cat's a pivotal character to the movie, but like nothing no, happens to the cat. They, yeah, and they don't like they don't necessarily focus it or say, oh, you, no, Jonesy didn't make it. It's, but he's right. He's right there. He survived the first encounter and hell. He's here again. That is cool. J- Jonesy, we love you. Yes. You're, you're a good cat. Um, <clears throat> what were we just talking about? Uh, Ripley as a character and yes. Sigourney Weaver as a role. So, going, going, to, going to Aliens, uh, I thought it was really great for James Cameron that, you know, he still took all the, all the great aspects of Ripley from the first movie and... Um, and and I'm not, I'm not gonna say this correctly, but I really love the fact that like they don't like try to like celebrate or make it obvious that they're like she's a tough woman amongst men. No. They never do that, and they also don't like over sexualize her. They don't do anything like that. She is a well rounded character, and especially I mean especially in Aliens because she's in a sea of tough dudes. Yeah. And and still rises above a lot of them, and still like you said expresses this like inner strength. And, and courage and and, and just uh, integrity and and I mean Sigourney like you said I don't I don't know who else would play it and that actually brings up uh, for I think part of why that toughness came out is and you just made me think of this early on when the company is having her recount her story for the millionth time and she finally kind of cracks and says you know if if even one of those things gets down here, all this, all this shit you think's important, it's gone. I think that's what actually helped her character grow so much and become tough. Because once she was down there, she she's like, this is my situation. I got to deal with it, and I know the consequences if I don't. So she just, she's she doubles down and becomes the leader of anyone who's left alive (laughs) yeah um she definitely has there's a lot of actual like you know real good leadership qualities uh qualities that she exemplifies i think in the movie um 
and yeah, just just a just a really great character. And Sigourney Weaver, I mean, she was at like probably like the peak of her career. I mean, she's done of course other great things. Galaxy Quest. Dude, Galaxy Quest. That's a that's a different episode. Galaxy Quest would be worth doing an episode on for a lot of different reasons. Oh, so many. I would say real quick just to give Galaxy Quest credit. I mean, one, if you haven't seen it, it's going to be a recurring thing on this podcast. I I mention movies, other movies during these episodes, um, especially ones I like. But Galaxy Quest in particular is such a smart movie because it does a spoof of a genre but still gives it a good story. And that is so rare in that particular genre to be able to pull that off. Yes. The rare parody that the story actually matters and isn't just there for setup. Yeah, exactly. But Galaxy Quest, we should definitely... Maybe yeah. maybe I'll have you on then, on for that if you ever, you ever want to do this again. <laughs> we'll see how this one turns out. That's right. Uh, okay, so beyond the characters, looking past that, you know, your favorite moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. we didn't... Wait. We gotta just... I mean, you got Hicks, you got Bishop, you Okay, alright, you wanna... Like, we've been talking about all these personalities <laughs> and saying how individually they're integral to the movie. This is true. So, I just just a little. Just no, a little that's bit, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm totally down. Let's talk about Bishop. Bishop. So, the, first I'm gonna get my one gripe of Bishop out of the way, and it's not even so much his character, it was a choice that james cameron took or whoever made this decision but we know from the first one the the android on ripley's team yeah he kills a few people he goes haywire so but when you're introduced to bishop you know he does his knife trick he's very calm he's not automated very much but uh and ripley rightfully so has a fear about him well, they don't. The they don't tell. If I remember right, they don't tell her that she that he's a synthetic. But during the no. knife thing, he spills a drop of his white blood, and then she's like, "What the hell? I don't yeah. want this robot around." Yeah, and that's what they do. But as the movie goes on, Bishop is he's there and doing his role. But there's one part where they try and make you think he's gonna go the way of what the other android did, mm-hmm. and. I just feel like that was wasted screen time. Which, which part is that? Can you uh, refresh one me? Of, one of the Marines comes over to uh, give Bishop some supplies while he's dissecting one of the face huggers. Mm-hmm. And the music changes a bit, the tone, and then when the guy asks Bishop's, Bishop questions, it, they're short replies. And it's like they're trying to make you think, oh no, is he going bad? Mm-hmm. But the problem is they don't even hint at that before that or after. It's... Mm. Uh, I, it's the one little damper scene on his character. It's, okay. I don't think it needed to be there. I think the audience had accepted that Bishop's a more safer, stable android. Yeah, I mean, I... And, I but he does do what he's told because sleazy man Burke does tell him, you know, hey, those specimens are to be kept alive. So he's still a little, hey, I have to listen to people, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd have to go back and, and revisit some of that stuff with Bishop. Um I always thought that, you know, the the few kind of hints that they did give where it's like, oh, is he going to be good or kind of bad? I didn't mind it so much because, I mean, I thought just from Ripley's perspective that fear or apprehension made sense to have of androids because, you know, uh, Sam, I think, is the android in the... Is it? Is the name I Sam? So. The, the scientist? I mean, he's a, the scientist. It's been a long time. The science officer. That's who he's supposed to play. play. He's played by Bilbo. Um, I shouldn't call him Bilbo. He actually... Ian, Ian Holm. greatest role. 
well... Yeah, I mean, it's a very good wall. <laughs> Fifth Element, though, what about him in that? If you've seen that movie, you know what we're talking we're, about. We're sorry in advance. No, I have no apologies for that. It's a, it's a great, great weird moment in that movie. That movie's kind of a weird one. Anywho, um, but yeah, for Bishop, I like Lance Hendrickson, uh, yeah. and I thought that he, I, I like that he was, it was refreshing to like see that like there wasn't going to be like some twist where he did yeah. go bad. I, I did like that, you know, really, he stayed true, and then just from like an, a, a robot standpoint, I won't go too deep on this, but I always like movies that that kind of dabble with the subject matter of like you know how much can you really trust a, a machine and like you know can you really develop an emotional attachment and i don't know i liked it for the case of bishop because you know by the end of the movie i think he's a likable presence oh. and you you do like him even though he's a machine and i just always like that conversation that that sparks of like can you become attached or is it fine to be attached to something that's not human? Well, and I think part of that is because uh, by the end, aside from when he gets torn in half, and clearly you tell he's a machine. I hate that part. I mean, like, like I hate it just because like, I liked him so much, and so when it happens, right. it's like a gut punch to the audience. But you really forget that he's an android. And then that yeah. kind of answers your questions of how far could a relationship with that go as far as trust is all. But... Uh, now that you mention, you know, they addressed uh, Ripley's fear of him, they do make... That scene that I had spoke about earlier probably would have been a little more off-putting if it was Ripley asking him the questions and being in the room because then you'd have the same suspicion as her because you're in her mindset when yeah. she's on screen. So, But you forget he's... You forget he's a robot or an android. Yeah. And that's a tough trick to do because you also can't make him too human. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, well, why even label him an android? But, you know, they work it in because, uh, like, when he has to go repair the satellite dish, no human could have crawled through that tube. I don't care, you know, they might fit. Could Andy anyone... Dufresne do it? Shawshank Redemption. He crawled through a mile of I don't of think shit. there's enough. <laughs> I don't think there's enough motivation for him in this one. I don't think, yeah. He might, no. he, he might not like the crew, like, no. that much to, to crawl through poop. No. Yeah, but that'd be hard. You know, that's without. I mean, what happens if he wasn't there for that scene? What happens? If, well, they're all dead. They're dead. They couldn't. No one could have crawled through that. Right. So, but I, I, I digress. No, no, you're good. Um, what about Hicks? Because that's Michael Bean. Um, it's this is gonna sound bad, but like, I don't have like a ton of thought on him because like. Michael Bean is likable, and he is good, and I'm glad that he is one of the ones that survives in the end, and I thought he had good, also, leadership qualities about him. He's kind of the, he becomes the, the head commander unintentionally because the other guy dies, and anyway, but what, what did you think about Hicks? Well, to bring up when he became the commander, I think a lot of that helps because, you know, you're introduced to Gorman, who's implied that he's you know sort of fresh out of the academy he's by the books he knows the role he's supposed to play and he does do admirable in that he's in charge at first until shit hits the fan but yeah you know inevitably like you said hicks starts taking over even before gorman passes and gorman realizes i think that that is better for the team in situation he doesn't argue with him and that is another element that helps them survive. But the, I think the reason, you know, like you said, he's likable. He's, his character is 
reasonable at the same time. You know, everyone else is kind of mocking Ripley for, oh, she saw an alien. Mm-hmm. But he's the one person at first that asked, so what? what is this thing? He's the only one that does that. Yeah, he's actually more open-minded. He's more open. And that, there you go. I think that's what it was. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and granted this isn't fair to Gorman, but uh, when Hicks does take charge, he knows his team. He knows how Hudson's going to work. He knows how Vats is going to work. And he can talk a little more with them as a connection. Whereas Gorman, he does have the textbook ideas and stuff, but that level isn't there, and that's what helps. Yeah, Hicks, Hicks. Hicks has kind of like a street smart to him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing I want to say about him and the dynamic he actually has with Ripley, because I, I thought James Cameron, because I, I may need to look it up, but I believe he was a, at least a co-writer. He helped write the movie or wrote the movie himself. Um, actually, you know, I got, the, I got the movie synopsis up here. Yeah, okay, he wrote the screenplay. Never okay, mind. good. Um, but the thing I was going to say is that I really like that they develop a bond and there's like a hint that it could be a romantic one, like at least eventually, but they never really like, they never like really like do a thing where like, it's like, oh, like they like fall in love or something like that. And I'm not saying it would be bad if they did, but I just like that they kind of hint at it, but they don't really do anything more with that. It's just a refreshing take on it. They showed them get turning into a friendship yeah where it's amidst all the chaos it's not a shoehorned love story which yeah. i think is what you were getting at but well i think they have like there's like a mutual attraction yes. there like, i think you can feel but, it but they're not like i mean they're in a situation where like it's an yeah, there's aliens they're, they're trying not to like, kill them you're, they're not like vasquez and drake yes so but that's real that is real good for uh both of their characters to mm-hmm. have that yeah, well, they keep their they keep their wits about them, and yeah, I don't know. It just it made sense for the story, and I just I I, I like that aspect. I, of I it. like when that can be done. Uh, to once again bring up just one other movie here, but uh, Constantine, they, the, the, the Keanu Reeves one, Keanu Reeves, yeah, oh five. They do the same. Granted, there's a few more little hints that oh maybe they'll have a relationship. Yeah, but the it is, they Rachel stay, Wise and that. Yeah. yeah, they stay on track, and I almost enjoy that. A mm-hmm. lot more than if they had ended up romantically, and yeah. that goes the same with Ripley and Hicks. It's yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with no. like characters that develop romantic and and whatnot. I, think... I mean, it's fine, but I think it is just nice when there's just a good friendship that's represented. It's a less, it's, it's nice. It's a lesser direction. Mm-hmm. Cameron nailed it. Yes, he did. Um, let me let me actually jump over because I know you want to talk some other characters too. Yes. But uh, Vasquez. What would you like to know? Well, just, uh, I mean, she, what, what one, would you be intimidated? Like, say Vasquez is real, you see her, are you going to be intimidated? Because, like, she's a, she's a tough I, one. She's no, tough. No, I'm respecting her. Yeah. I am. Yeah. But uh, she was one character that I honestly didn't expect to survive. With how her and Drake's attitude, and especially when he... You thought that she might, like, die early? Yeah, I, yeah. I thought she would be cut off, but... Mm. Uh, so I was pleasantly surprised with that and how, I, I feel like I'm a broken record here, but just how sh- her character collects herself and acts after the shit hits the fan. It's true. It's a very different yet strong attitude from her. Now, if I, you're going to have to refresh my memory because again, you've okay. seen, you've seen this movie more than I have. Yes. I binge watched this. I, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but if I rem- if my memory serves, when she- when we get closer to the moment where she dies, it's with Gorman, yeah, right? It is. And I th- maybe I'm reaching here, or maybe I'm drawing a connection that's not there. But I kind of remember what I liked is that it eventually became apparent that once Gorman's control started like deteriorating, that people stopped like respecting him as much. Like there was clearly like animosity and like you know anger towards you know him like not knowing what he's doing and and blah blah blah. But I felt like Vasquez. It was kind of interesting because towards the end she they had each other's backs and like gorman may have been like a questionable leader at times but then towards the end like they had each other's backs and the way they went out like both together like still showing a care for each other despite the situation maybe i'm reaching but i I like that and that's because he got to see her both the good and the bad before the situation after situation but Mm -hmm. yeah you bring up a good point in that when they when they do inevitably die it's She's not ashamed to die with him. She's yeah. not upset that that's who came back for her. Mm-hmm. She is just happy that someone tried and that he had a way out that wasn't as painful as a face hugger ripping they, you to shreds. They really <laughs> went out. I mean, now, granted, this is a science fiction, it's an alien situation. But, yeah. but I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it was very much like how I would picture, like, a soldier. A yeah. true sense of the soul, like the sense of the word soldier, how someone would want to go out in a situation like that. Yeah. It was very, very cool. Very they, honorable. They both stepped up in the horribleness and. Yeah. I don't. Died with dignity isn't the right word, but. Yeah, but. Died with. Integrity? Integrity, uh, maybe. Is that, I think is that, that better. Be. But, and, and that's one of the great parts just about all resolved. the. Resolved. Resolved. They're, they're not dying with resolve, but they. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's what I like about all the characters, though, is like even the ones that like get picked off. Like, it's not like a, it's not like some like slasher movie where like they die or like some die like in an unmemorable way. Every time one dies, you it stands out. Yeah. Like you're just like, oh man, like they they get killed in a unique way or like it still has like there's a the character is still. I'm not making sense no, here. The, no, the no, character no. motivations or. You're, you're it goes at, into the story. I, you you're actually it. touching on a point that I didn't think of in that, for the most part, everyone dies a little different in that film. It's true. And this can be looked at as the growth of the movie as a sequel. You know, previously, in the first one, it was just one by one. And like Ripley said, her crew wasn't soldiers. No. But despite the soldiers in this one having technology, combat training, all that they still end up getting picked off in a variety of ways. But that also helps Cameron evolve the xenomorphs as they're not just mindless animals. No, they no. are. They can, they have strategies. They can read a situation. They know they can think and they can not, I don't want to say think like soldiers, but they can fight and they can think. And with you saying that, you know, they all die memorably that shows it because they all died differently i mean you know the xenos are the ultimate cause of it but there is a uniqueness there no i i think that's absolutely uh i mean you're absolutely spot on for that um the the thought that actually went into the creatures i think is is really apparent throughout the movie um and i want to talk about the creatures but is there any other character that you specifically want to touch on i know we talked about the cigar chewing sergeant i mean sergeant apone or apone or apon i think apon that's I believe sometimes I have trouble <laughs> trouble saying names for the sake of that. this podcast we will we will refer to him as Apon okay 
I like that's that. fine. Even if yeah. we're wrong, we're but, calling him Apon. No, he was a uh, he was a good Sarge. Um, he wasn't like Gorman too. I, and once again, that's not it shouldn't be fair. But they're both in leadership roles, so you have to compare them. But he but came he, off as like the stereotypical tough drill sergeant. Yes, but he also knew his team as well. And yes, that's why I think you care a bit more about him than Gorman, is because he's he's trying to ride the line between. I work with these people and I know them, but I do have uh, someone who outranks me telling me what to do, and he needs to walk that, and he does it so well. Now, I know uh, we had watched a clip, actually, uh, before, just because like, we couldn't figure out like how like, how to pronounce his name. We, we, we thought maybe they would say it in there. Maybe they did. We ran out of time to we, do that. Yeah. But you said that you knew the, the meaning when like he does that part where he's just like, look into my eye. Yes. I mean, like, was he just being funny there? Like, you said there's a meaning to that? Yeah, uh, okay, and disclaimer, I did look this up a while ago, so I might be wrong, but what I take it now as is, since he says, look into my eye, it's, do I look like I give a shit? Do you see me caring? Ooh, that's, okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the answer that I got, but... That's cool. It's That's why, you know, Hudson asked for his slippers and the Sarge, do I... Do you think I care about that? I gotta ask, have you worked this into a real-life moment? Have you done this to someone yet? No, because, sadly, I it'd be lost. I don't think... Because, look, even you, even you did not know what that phrase meant. No, I just and thought he was, seen, like, being, you know, attitude or you something. You have seen so many movies and yeah. cultures just... And yet that one... So I can't imagine telling that to the average hmm. person... I don't think they, they might not, got it. They might not get it. I would love to. Do they have to appreciate the reference, though? I mean, you'd feel good about it. Do they need to know? No, but I feel like I'd have to explain it. Yeah, that's yeah. They might. And then just... that ruins a lot of jokes or anything. That's, really. No, I mean that's true. Yeah, if you, if you yeah, if you have to overexplain it, it, it loses what makes it what makes it special in the first yeah. place. What other characters are there? I because I know I mean, there's, there's there's probably a few others. There are a few others, but the last one I would like to touch on uh, is Newt. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You know, most kids in movies, and granted, I haven't seen a lot, but I don't usually like the child role because it's there for I don't I don't know. It's the kids they they scream, they're needy, they they hinder everything. I actually I want you to keep your thought. I'm okay. not trying to interrupt, nope. but I always it, it actually reminds me of video games, actually in in particular, because I agree in a lot of movies like kid actors, some of them can just like come off like annoying or they're bad or they're just like baggage uh, but in particular i think about video games with like the kids because it's always like anytime you have an escort mission yeah you got to protect the kid like, in a way uh, movies can kind of feel that way when there's a kid actor that's questionable if they yeah, work and they're never they're never gonna help your situation if anything they just hinder and when they when you when they find newt immediately out the door they they show this girl's resourceful she is terrified and scared, but she's alive, which says something about her. Ripley even later tries to address her and treat her like a child, just trying to form the connection. But you know, when she asks about her doll, mm-hmm. is saying, you know, uh, you know, does she have bad dreams or whatever? And New again shows a more maturity of she can't have bad dreams. She's just plastic, <laughs> right? So, but she is still a kid. She never picks up a gun to fight or whatever. You know, you get the little haha when she has one of the uh, helmet, the Marines' helmets on, and right. gets a sloppy salute. Uh, 
but throughout the movie in her situation you know uh it, when they're trying to escape in the armor the apc new she goes and hides in a corner not because she's scared because mm-hmm. she thinks that spot is going to be the safest for her yeah she doesn't yeah. claw at ripley and help help you do not see that from her yeah and yes she does scream a bit but it is a horror movie you got aliens after you, but... I mean, they're freaky. Even when she gets to her most vulnerable stage of when the aliens finally get her and start cocooning her, she doesn't break down. She does. She's scared, but she doesn't break down. Yeah. And there's a lot of that, things... There's a lot of things that you said about Newt that I think you're, you're absolutely right that work. And actually, I mean, there's... If I'm not mistaken, I mean, there are actually a lot of people that really like the character, Yeah, too. Like, it's not just, like you said, it's a hard kid. To, but it's hard to write a kid role. But yeah, they, but it's not just a kid role in this. That's, no. what's, that's what's good. Because a kid wouldn't have survived. That's no. why Newt's the only one left. <laughs> no, but they also treat it, like you said, they treat it realistically because early on in the movie, I mean, she clearly has PTSD. Yeah. Like, 100%. She's locked up mentally. Yes. But, like you said... They didn't, like, treat it like the whiny kid or whatever. I mean, they had her be a kid when it was appropriate yeah. to be a kid, but there was still a character there. Yes. They still had a, a well-rounded character that had specific emotions, that was reacting to the environment, and there was just clearly thought that you could see that was put into it, and it wasn't just a kid. Yeah. I mean, she was a bit more real. It's like uh, when the ship crash, the ship crashes and mm. Ripley tells her, you know, Sorry, we're not going back. She's like, you don't have to be sorry. It wasn't your fault. She knows the situation sucks. I really like the part. Um, it's not. They just. It's a, It's a reference to new. It's not with her. But I think there's a part where like Hudson's like pissing his pants about something, and I think it's Ripley that says this kid survived here for like three weeks or yeah. something. Like you're a soldier, yeah. like with a gun. Yeah. Like shut up. <laughs> Why don't you put her in charge? That's that. Is that what he says? Yeah, He's just like, yeah, why don't you put her in charge then, man? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a it's kind of amazing that, you know, Ripley could point to the a child and say Yeah, child's got more you, bravery than you. Not not so much more bravery, but more collect I don't know. But Yeah. It I think it does give Hudson a bit of a wake up call too. That's true, because yeah, I think he, 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 he changes a little bit after that. With the right people and the right things said to him he does Mm -hmm. that's why you get to see him go from goofy comedy kind of to you know he's still funny but you start seeing the soldier in him more i also really like uh just one more thing with hudson just because we brought him up again but i really like uh ripley and and how i'm assuming this was probably from the writing more so than anything else but i really like like one of the scenes where he's you know getting really scared and like he's kind of having a breakdown and stuff she kind of snaps him out of it, but she does it with some compassion. And there's a part where she like kind of does the calm, like, you know, come on, like, like be calm. But she calmly like states after she like kind of snaps at him that she's just like, you know, we, we need you. Yeah. We, we need you Hudson. Like, like she's not just like babying him or anything like that. She's just like, no, like we genuinely need you in this situation to like, keep your cool. And she was very, very, the way she handled it and the way it was, again, I got to credit James Cameron with that fantastic and and maybe you know maybe some of you think we're over analyzing scenes but you know that one right there because she's not just telling him that because he's annoying or something or you know one might think well she just wants him alive and well because he's another gun no she wants him alive and well because she wants everyone 
alive and well. Right. And that's why she doesn't just... increase their odds for survival, they need to be. But she doesn't also want to see anyone die. So that's why in that scene, yeah, she gives him a little bit of tough love, but she treats him as him and not just, hey, I need you as a functioning military guy. No, Mm -hmm. I need you and your attitude and your knowledge. I need all that. Yeah. And if we don't have you, our odds go lower because of that. Thing is, I think it's a smart observation, and I think it is easy to, you know, quote-unquote overanalyze scenes or or look into them, but this is the thing. Now, maybe from a general audience perspective, like, it's it's easy to draw that kind of conclusion, but I promise you, Jared, from all the stuff I know about movies and, you know, my love for it and everything like that, there is a reason why a lot of movies sometimes take years, a long time, in the pre-production process to write the scripts and do everything is because every scene there is an intentionality behind it and there is thought put into it and it's good to do that and i think the best movies the ones that hold up like in aliens it's because there clearly was thought in every sense of the script and how it worked that's a very good point and yeah it's nothing is done out of you know oh this is our typical movie we put this scene in here you know it's it helped it be individual. Now, special effects. Yes. I want to talk about that because we we referenced this. Uh, we're going to find whoever you are, dude, on Screen Junkies that talks about the blood squibs. Um, yes. But the effects in this, like a lot of James Cameron movies, I mean, James Cameron is an absolute innovator when it comes to his effects in movies. And the effects of Aliens are, they are second to none. And I, I would... Yeah, I just the effects in this are absolutely insanely good, and they one hundred percent hold up. I'm not being a fanboy on that, to be clear. No, they do because, and this is more, I guess, a bit of the industry as a whole. When it's, whereas CGI started taking place of things, it the '80s to '90s to mid '90s, I think maybe a little later, but they did have the blood squibs. They had the actual. I mean, it looked, it looked almost real. It. It was more reliance on practical effects. Yes, and that, I think, helped all the... That helped the other movies of, you know, again, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Stallone. They, that's what made their characters even tougher. Is 100%. Look at the damage these guys are inflicting, but it also shows you how real a situation can be. Yes. Like, it... There's no... There isn't... Uh, that's actually... I'm rolling into this, you know, usually the hero gets the, oh, the one gunshot in the shoulder oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to show they're a little vault. No, but back at, back then, and again, because I watched Terminator, yeah, gunshots hurt. Yep. They cause damage. It's ugly, and it's scary, and... You have to have that and, grit to a movie like yes, this to have that it is work. It. Grit. Yeah. But, true grit. I like that movie. <laughs> it was a fill your hands, <laughs> you son, son of a bitch. bitch. That's... Yep. God, but, but no, the effects were, <laughs> the effects themselves. I, and you could argue they're worse or better, but, pra- Jordan and I have talked this many times. We both prefer practical effects. Yes, it, it keeps you in it so much better. Maybe you're limited to what you can do, but the best filmmakers in the world, especially ones that deal with science fiction in particular, because that's you know where effects are really yes. going to be a requirement for the story, both from a practicality standpoint, but then just from an atmosphere and world building standpoint. And what I would say in the case of Aliens is that now 
You could argue that a lot of it is, well, they had to do a lot of practical stuff because it's the 80s and they're limited to what they have and yada yada. If it was made today, would they you know, really lean into the technology thing? And this is what I would say for that is that the best filmmakers in the world that deal with special effects, they're not afraid to use computer generated imagery or CGI as it's commonly yep. referred to. They're not afraid to use it as long as it serves the story. I know that seems yeah. like the most basic way of looking at effects, but effects, you can have the most crazy computer effects in the world. I don't care. And if and if a movie is going to have all crazy computer effects and no practicality, but it makes sense for what the story ultimately is doing, then do it. But in the case of Aliens, it does such a good job of having practical handmade like puppets i mean stan winston and his special effects team i mean the guy was the goat when it came to special effects and he's still a legend of of the industry but they still have the stuff space and the spaceships and like miniatures and and whatnot and they and they did that but they did such a good blend of of the both uh of bothness but mostly practical it just helps to add so much because also uh you know that you got your I'm going to switch over to, you know, H.R. Geiger. I might be pronouncing Yeah, no, no, name yeah, yeah. Right. He's the guy who came up with the alien. Right, but, uh, you know, you got your chest burst scene uh, that one person they find in. That is bloody. There's, you know. Is that the scene with, like, the, the woman that's like, please kill me? Yeah, like, she's, yeah. like, all, like, caked up and against the wall. You already yeah. know she's in a bad situation, but because of the effects, you know it's worse somehow. I don't know how, but yeah. th- to me that... Once again, it keeps you keeps you in it in the moment. And well, also you have to. I mean, just from like a purely technical standpoint, I don't care if you are super into it or not. Now, an audience member when they watch the chestburster scene and it's bloody and it's gruesome and whatever, I don't know. I mean, a part of me like I feel like that. You know, I feel yeah. I feel this that emotion. I'm I'm affected by what I'm seeing, but at the same time, I'm like, that is so cool. That is, yeah. like, just the fanboy in me, the person that just loves filmmaking and techniques. I'm like, how did they do that? That is amazing that they made that look so convincingly, and there is clearly blood. There is clearly a, some kind of a setup. Like, the imagination yeah. that that takes is, is absolutely incredible. You actually bring up a good point in that they show it. Yes, now, they because, don't shy away from it. No, that. because, you know, you, uh, you know, we said, you know, they were limited to what they could do. You know, they could have, I'm not the best with, you know, camera angles and all that, but they could have, you know, implied things or, you know, showed less. No. One, those scenes are happening. That's all you're looking at. You can't look away. It's true. And that's why the effects had to be so good and so practical, which I'm going to use to segue into the xenomorph itself. Mm. And, you know, technology has come a long way and it does look good. But if I saw, you know, they start, they come out of the goddamn walls, you, you didn't see them blending there, but you see them move, and since it's a practical effect, you, I, you see it as it would be in your world. Whereas if a uh, computer, they might have made it too smooth. Like, you see this perfect jump, jump down or, you know, movement, it's, mm-hmm. it's like... Uh, no, it's a creature still. It has some weight to it. It's gonna... And you get to hear the tale and all that. Not saying that wouldn't be there without special effects, but because it's in the world like that, mm-hmm. you, it adds the little extra fear of, 
oh god, imagine if I saw that next to me. Alright, well, let's let's entertain that hypothetical notion, Jared. A xenomorph has just come into the room. What do you do? I run. I cry, I run. <laughs> I, I do. I crap my pants to, in hopes that it doesn't want me anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, is it like a thing like with bears? Like, if I just, like, play dead, will it go away? I don't know. I think the bears made that up so they could eat people easier. Isn't what comedian jokes about that? Jim Gaffigan, I think. <laughs> I can't remember the like. I don't. What is the setup that he does for that? I, I don't remember, but he's like he, that was in. A, someone told him to do that. Just oh, I mean the like, bears. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm picturing it in my head. But That's you funny. Know, it is. They could have. Yeah. I will say xenomorph as a creature. I mean. I don't care if it's a science fiction movie or not. It is absolutely one of the most terrifying creature designs that I've ever seen. What? Like it, it's H.R. Geiger. Like if I mean if if he was ever alive, like that is a man I would want to like talk to just to see how in the hell that came out of his mind. You might be scared. I think I would be. But... No, I think I would be. I don't think it would be like some pleasant answer. I mean, it's no, and that's that's actually what uh, to touch on that is it's. Uh... Oh, God, what the hell was I going to say just now? It was about the creature design. Oh, the creature isn't designed just for fear and grotesqueness. No. It does... The anatomy was taken into account of it, and since they are supposed to be the ultimate species or something, there is a sleekness to them in a way. No, their, absolutely. how they can move and everything, and without that design... I don't think that'd work that well. No, I, I think the the creature in particular, I mean, movies as a whole, when they're being constructed, especially science fiction, you have to you have to put a lot of thought and different ideas behind the world. And, you know, directors, uh, and I'm going to get a bit into, like, just movies and how they're made, but, like, you know, production designers and whatnot, they're setting up the world, and, and there's always these concept artists that have to storyboard out stuff like this because, like you said... It can't just be a creature. You have to think about the anatomy, the environment, how it moves, its intelligence level. What are the rules with it? There is, yeah. There's so many different uh, factors that, that go into it. Yeah, and if you half-ass that, you're, you're losing your audience a bit right there. It's true. But, the acid blood in particular, I think, is an ooh. interesting... I mean, there's so much about the creature that you can say, but the acid blood in particular, just from a story standpoint... It can create so many uh, situations. Yeah, it's yeah, it's also unique. I mean, I haven't seen every movie, but which one, well, which, I... which ones have you seen? Just real quick, I oh, want to yeah, clear. I want to clarify so, that disclaimer for everyone. I mainly just binge Aliens. I have seen the first one once or twice. I did like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen three. I've never seen four. I saw Pro- Prometheus once. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I own Covenant. Haven't watched it. It's worth it. Uh, but and then most recently, the Aliens Fireteam Elite game came out, and that has just been a blast. If you love Aliens, we will close this on video but games. But those those are that is the knowledge I am picking from. So if something happened in the third or fourth or any of the films I didn't list, I just simply do not know and can't incorporate that stuff into my answers. No, that that's that's perfectly fair. No, no big deal. Now, I want to pose another hypothetical to you. We right. talked about what would happen if the xenomorph comes in here. You're going to piss your pants, probably crap yourself. I, I likely speaking, would... I mean, I might push I might you. just... I feel like I'm going to do deer in the headlights. Just like, I'm going to be terrified and not move, and it's just going to eat me. Well, I'm going to take the, I don't have to run faster than it, just faster than you. What is that from? 
I mean, it's kind of a common thing, but yeah. you're thinking without a paddle. I am thinking of that. Yeah. Under yeah, but it's a, it's a, it, if you're a dick, that's a sound strategy. You're kind of a dick. And I mean, yeah. like, you would... Yeah, I'm the little brother. You'd probably, like, get some, yeah, like, I got sick, another, sick I got, enjoyment from pushing me into it. I have another one. Another what? Little brother. You're going to feed so him just, to the xenomorphs, too? No, but just losing one, I'm still, you know, I still got a little brother. That's true. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, that's... I'm, this is interesting. Hearing. You don't want me in an emergency situation with you. Maybe not. No. I'm like I, I'm think I'm rethinking a few things from talking about this out loud. Yeah. Uh, no, but this is what I was going to suggest: yes. is bigger picture. Say we're in a real situation where the I don't know NASA, whoever SpaceX, I don't know, they discover a planet of the Xenomorphs. Are you going to nuke it from from orbit to be safe, or? Are you going to like kind of do the whaling thing and be like, well, let's study it and let's 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 see. Like, we don't know enough about this creature. We could weaponize it. Who knows? Well, you maybe I'm overthinking this, but you you said the planet of the xenomorphs, but sure, yeah, it was a ship. It's true that LV four two six is not their planet, and no, I saw Prometheus once, but it. I feel like I I thought Pro- it was kind of the same vibe as they were bred there they yeah prome- prome- do they ever address where they natively come from or if there is even is or they're just genetically made by the engineers okay so we could definitely go on the defense for, <laughs> no i mean like but like this is one of the reasons i i love aliens as a as a uh, as a science fiction world because there is so much mythology to it and i love that there's some ambiguity and, and stuff that you don't know to answer your question prometheus uh when Technically, I mean, not technically speaking, it is a prequel to Alien and yeah. Aliens. It's before the events for that. And like you said, it's not like they go to this planet and it's like the Xenomorph's planet. They are found on a ship as they are in a lot of the other ones. Yep. Now, however, in Covenant, I know you haven't seen it and I won't spoil too much. Thank you. But they do get to the engineer's home world. I can't okay. I can't remember if they identify like what the planet's called, like what the name is. There is some type of a name for it. But the movie, the movie is smart about showing like how the the alien is is engineered because it is not like just a natural creature; it, it is created. Um, but the movie isn't like like super straight on like okay, like this is where it's created and like this is like its origin. It still kind of plays some ambiguity with it, and that's good because it yeah. adds to kind of the fear of it. Because if you know where they come from, well. That you can focus that, but if you don't know how many ships were out there that crashed with them, just because you found their home world doesn't mean you're slowing them down. They're already out there. That's very true. So I, I I'm trying to think if I would, if if they were real, just like what we would want to do with them. Because I don't know. I mean, I never really, I guess, understood the whole like they're the perfect creature design. Other than that, like they're like cockroaches and they're very resilient to things. Yeah, I don't think they're perfect. No, but they are. They can't hold a conversation. Hunters. That's true. But if if found today, obviously, a few deaths would have happened, oh, and yeah. it was it was a bad decision. It was bad, and I'm sorry. But yep. Sorry, I had to be Burke there. No, but it's um, it's real. It would depend, I think, on how how much the general population knows, because otherwise, there probably would be a large populace of you can't exterminate any creature if the military knows are the ones who find them yes i think that part where burke is trying to sell them that way that's spot on accurate they would eat those things up or vice versa but they would weaponize the shit out of that as quickly as they could so 
But if we were somehow all able to make one decision on it, I like to hope and think that we would just say, you know what, these aren't good for anyone. Bye bye. Yeah, bomb it. Nuke it from orbit. Was that was that SNL skit? This is how my brain works. I think of references, and Jerry oh, yeah, and I do we sometimes. Just, what we was speak the thing? References. There's that there's that skit where like Chris Chris Walken is like playing some I don't know some some French like diplomat or something, and they're like, "What's your solution? Is bomb it, blow I, it up." <laughs> I, I don't do think I've seen that one. I don't know. I apologize. No, that's okay. I was definitely pulling that one out of left field a little bit. But there is a good. I I want to say it was college humor where they give mm. uh, they have a team of people like from aliens and they're like here's what you do when you're on an alien planet you know poke know. them with a stick look stick your head in this hole and that was a I great do, just I French that. of that but um let me ask actually, on well no go okay. ahead no, you, you i go just ahead. wanted to add that, uh this is just a quick thought but it does seem like not many of the characters in this were stupid like to do that like there usually is the token Ooh, i'm not thinking this through or yeah you know poke it with a stick no most of them actually have their wits about them it's true because especially in, in aliens in particular because i'm looking at i'm thinking of like prometheus prometheus in particular just because i know you've seen it like once yep. or twice but there's some dumb character yes. decisions in that yes like and for, that, for sure that's again what makes aliens so great is there's not many no like most of them even the ones that are mistakes you at They're least mistakes yeah you, that's it you get it they're not yeah mm-hmm it might have yeah but anyway back you had a question i had a question about Whalen yutani okay the corporation now i love that they carry that theme over most definitely from the first alien is that this is like a big like one of the biggest corporations in the world you could uh, you could attribute it to a lot of different things for that but ultimately you think at least the movie establishes this big business doesn't have good intentions it's all about just making a profit it's kind of the soulless lifeless big conglomerate that's just dominating things at least that's the vibe that i get yep. from it and what i want to ask you about is i mean one any thoughts that you have on the whalen corp and kind of the the ambiguous kind of almost like kind of scary vibe that the that the company gives off like there there there's like a looming presence about it but what i want to ask is do you think that there is like a i'm trying to think how do i phrase this a lot of people just in today's world like tend to distrust big business like there's a lot of like you know conspiracies about these big companies and what they do and like their ethics and things like that do you think that translated well into the Aliens movie with the Whalen Corp? Or do you think that that dynamic with this big, you know, morose kind of bad company was good? I think... Does it, that make sense? Yeah, it okay. brings... Part of the reason they're so scary is because you never know their end goal. Right. They are, they are in everything, and you can guess why, but you're rarely told what they're straight up trying to do. Yeah. But... They're a necessary evil because... They have the resource. You don't hear about... Well, there's probably some somewhere, but I do not hear about any other company in these movies, which just shows you how far their reach is. I mean, Burke saying just the company, he doesn't even call it Wayland. He doesn't need to because right. it's the company. Mm -hmm. But obviously, since they're so far everywhere, that's how a lot of people make their livelihood. And it's I true. think... You I think a lot of the populace would take, you know what, I'm just not going to think about it. Because even if, say, I did find out they were doing something sinister, 
what could I do? Because if I did anything, I'd probably lose my job. And since they run on, since they run and create all the jobs, mm-hmm. I'd be blacklisted essentially, and I couldn't get a job. It's yeah. So they've they've stretched themselves and set it up meticulously so that people need them, and that they and that people won't think to interfere. Otherwise, bad things will happen. But it's not like you're direct, you know, mob boss. I'm gonna burn your business down or something. It's just guess what you. You don't get any help anywhere. You don't get any resource because you tried to go after Wayland. Well, it, that's an in, you brought up an interesting point with with talking about that because I I mean there's a lot that I can think about when when I think of like big business and and their reach and and everything like that or, or control. But you're you're reminding me of the power they have. Yeah. And and power I think is a very important thing when you're talking about the Wayland Corp and the Aliens universe because like you said. By the time, whenever Aliens takes place, clearly Wayland is such a well-established company. They have, you know, such a wide stretch. They have infinite, essentially, like they're just yeah. printing money, etc. It it does show you that when a company, regardless of what they do, when they reach a certain size, there is like that question of one, like how much bigger can they get, and then two, like you said, if they were really doing something bad, by the time they have that all that control and power. Yeah. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna stop it? I don't know. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I mean, thankfully, I've never like you know, I've never been employed for like some like you know huge thing like that, and you know that would I don't I don't know what I would do. I feel like you wouldn't know what to do in a situation like that unless you have like you're there, yeah. you're experiencing it. No. Um, but I also I don't, I don't know why, but like, they don't really say like a ton about like Wayland. Um, you know, like what they do. It's not like they have like some mission statement that they talk about in the movie, no. but. I like the. I've always liked the logo. The it logo is of Wayland. It's a. Uh, don't they clean. have like a like a slogan? Like we build uh, better worlds. Isn't yeah, that something a, like that. Yeah. Like, no, it's a. It's clean. It's not oversimplified. It's not complex. It's just a good. It's a good logo. It is a as good weird logo. As that sounds. No, it's not weird. I mean, I I study graphic design, but, so I like you, logos. And then, but since they also have that, you know, you know what that looks like, even though both of us don't really know much about the Wayland Corp from the franchise but no. I bet you if you know the second you see that on screen yeah all of a sudden everything you thought you knew you're like oh shit they're here suddenly there's so many different avenues this yeah. thing could take and that's part of you know you have to have the good well that's one of, that's one of the things I like from a story standpoint for Wayland because you know, all the movies, like, I mean, they definitely build off of it a little bit more, but every movie has clearly set up Wayland that, like you said, ultimately you don't know what their intention is. Yeah. And that questionability of, okay, like, they have the resource, they help us get here, but, I don't know, they kind of have a track record of having some shady shit, in the, in, you know, behind the scenes, that always makes for interesting, compelling content, and it really works throughout all the alien movies and i like that it's like it's not like it's a a central theme to the movie but it's always in the back of your head as an audience member that you're like wayland might backstab him anytime right but also you know it's because they're not painted as strictly evil they make better worlds no they do yeah they terraform whereas uh i'm gonna jump to another franchise with evil company but you know in the resident evil the Umbrella Corporation. Yeah. What's something good you know about them? Pretty much. I mean, they're pretty right much just straight. From the get go, right? you're like, <laughs> this is like Doctor Evil's evil 
organization. You know, they're not even hiding what they're doing. No, they're just pretty terrible. They are, but Wayland, they're more complex. Well, they're innovators. They're more complex and yet simplified because they're everything. I don't know. And that makes... That, true. That helps. That helps the franchise, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, we, I mean, we could talk more about the aspects <laughs> of that, but but yeah, I just big business, big business in particular. I mean, I I do think that's that's the thing I wanted to touch on is that part of the reason I think that the distrust that they build for Waylon works not just for the movie, but works as an audience member is because there's some relatable truth to some of that distrust. Because there's, there's been big businesses that have gone on record that have done some pretty terrible things, namely like a, like an Exxon or a BP mobile yeah. company. You know, there's there's companies that have done some, some done some bad stuff, and I think they, I think James Cameron and and the you know the the original writers of Alien and, and whatnot, I think they understood that there is like a, a general sense of distrust towards certain bigger businesses, and they were smart to work those elements into this movie while not having it override the rest of the story, if that makes any sense. Yes, it does. I think so. Would you work for Waylon? They're going to pay you a lot? I don't know if I'd have a choice. I was going to say, they probably, they probably need... I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I want to work on those power loaders. That's the thing that she says to get away from her, you bitch. Yep. I had to enunciate that because like she, the delivery in that Grace. is killer. But that brings up another character we didn't talk about. We skipped the alien queen. The Alien Queen is absolutely a character. I mean, how in-depth can you go? But I, I want to share this just because I love it so much. Is when you are first when you first see her, Ripley Newt, scared shitless, trying to run, yeah. and they stumble into that room. Eggs, Xenos, and the biggest Xeno you had ever seen. It's true. Probably a foul stench, too. Well, that, I, the thing that stands out to me when I think of the Queen... Because one, like, she's connected by all these tubes and, yeah. and things. And then, like, she has that disgusting, like, intestine thing where, like, you see her, like, you know, pooping the right. eggs out. I, I'm, I'm sounding like a five-year-old on that. But that nasty bag that she's, like, giving birth to yeah. the eggs, like, it's so appalling or just gross. Just it nasty. feels nasty. It does, but... Uh, and that was all practical. Yes. I don't know if you've ever and looked again, at the behind the scenes. Again, you need that. But just that part was CG. Eh. But think like I mean again, this is it's so easy to nerd out on the behind the scenes of, of a movie like this because they had like they built the thing and it was like light like to scale like it was yes. freaking huge. I think they had like a team of people working with no it on weird, wires to like make it move. No weird camera tricks to make it look bigger than it actually was. No, no, and I just think like like the the level of talent that it takes to create something like that and still have it be you know be believable and i actually always think from the the perspective of the kid for that now i know like the yeah. kid knows that she's making a movie you know yeah you know? but like pretty convincing i mean i'd be I'd, i might be scared as a kid jared i remember yeah. being a kid I'd yeah. pro- i don't think i'd want to be around fake aliens no but thankfully i think there are some rules and regulations in place to make sure a child actor is suited for a situation for those what kind of roles uh yeah that's that's a good I point. I can't reference for sure, but no, I no, but that's a good I'd point, though. That. I mean, there's definitely child, yeah. there's child, uh, child standard laws yeah. when it comes to filmmaking. So, I, I don't. There's probably some, but of yeah, there probably yeah. hell. They might have wanted some other kid, but you know, showing them, hey, here's the movie you're on, and nightmares. No, kids out. So all right, we get new. Interesting. But 
the alien queen i just because i just want to bring up one scene with her in that it is when they stumble in and you see uh you see the two they're almost i don't want to say guards but soldiers you see the other two xenomorphs blocking off each exit they start rounding the corner slowly ripley knows that she is in a horrible situation and so what she does is show that she's dangerous even though she's low on ammo and everything she's she you know she uses the flamethrower bit just over the eggs to show even if you know you come at me this is what's going to happen and the queen wants to keep her eggs alive and jordan you will attest to this that i i i love the uh frenemy premise in any movie and this isn't that but it is i think the respect because the queen does indicate to each of the other xenomorphs to hey back off yeah. so she can leave without causing trouble and because they're gonna because she's gonna kill her babies because yep, and so but then right there that scene adds one more time another complexity to the xenomorph i know we were I, they're not just been, mindless eating no. machines they yeah a queen read the situation and had enough to do like a Hey, if I will do a truce, so right? You can leave. Temporarily, like like yep. you, you don't kill my my I, children. I love any time a movie does that. That's uh, smart aspect, but that's how you instantly know that she, the queen, isn't just big, bigger, meaner Zeno. Yeah, no, 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 she's scarier for other reasons. Well, she moves differently too. Yep. Obviously, like they're you know, with her being like the. Uh, I'm going to sound like an idiot on this, but like the head hive or, you know, the head unit. Yeah. I, 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 God, I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> I just like, I'm not smart with that. But what I was going to, what I was going to attribute the, the alien queen to and whatnot is that I, I think the, I can't say Geiger cause I don't know how much he was involved with aliens. If he was, I, I'm not really certain, but, but, but my point is, is that, I know Cameron and the team that worked on the Queen were very mindful, and they actually took real inspiration, I think, from, like, how ant hives worked and, like, beehives. Okay. They kind of, I think, treated it like, okay, kind of going back to, like, that anatomy of, like, okay, like, you know, there are other real creatures in life that have, like, a head. Yeah. Like, a, a king and a queen or whatever, and, like, that's not a, a fake concept. No, it's not some made-up title just bestowed on them. No. They get that because... There is a higher intelligence there, maybe. It makes sense. Yeah. But it is, uh, the queen, the queen is creepy, but yeah. it is very cool. I mean, like, they, I talk about building up to a perfect, uh, almost a perfect ending, uh, with the power loader, like you said. I mean, that, you know, when the elevator opens and, like, they, they build it up so perfectly, you're like, who's that? And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh shit, shit. it's Ripley. Yeah. And she has a, yeah, she, the power she knows loader. how to swing that thing. Isn't the, like, okay, we live in 2021, wouldn't a, a power loader doesn't even seem like that far-fetched of a technology thing to build. I mean, no. right? I, I, if we had to entertain the idea right now, I would think it's more of a cost than anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we could build those right now, but is the return on them going to be worth spending that much when you True. can just buy a shitty forklift probably and get the same but a shitty forklift is not cool no you wouldn't you can't beat an alien queen with that no i mean so someone someone out there that is listening that has money and or engineering experience please design one of these and pitch it to the u.s government or anyone really. or any government i mean as long as it's tesla cool. might be all over that really actually 
Yeah, well, well, Elon Musk, he is a big movie guy, actually. Yeah, I did not know that. I, I th- just a quick little uh, tidbit on him. Um, he loves Spaceballs. I, I saw yeah. several interviews. He actually, he really likes Spaceballs, and I can't cite specific things that his company's built, but I know for a fact that he's gone on record and, and stated that there are, there are several things that, that him and, and his teams have worked on that have references to designs in Spaceballs because he's that big of a nerd and, and likes movies. And which I, I think that's, I, I insanely respect him for that. I'm grateful for that. Anyone to help keep that franchise in people's minds. So the very last thing that I want to All talk right. about, uh, and then we'll start to wind this down, is... Just the lasting impact that Aliens had, and I don't mean like just, I talked about earlier how it's like a classic movie and, you know, people still clearly love it. I'm talking about what it's offshooted into, because you're a big, you're a big gamer, I would say. I mean, like you love video games and uh, Aliens in particular, there's other movies that have stemmed off into video game territory, but I feel like Aliens, now I'm not defending every single Aliens game, some are bad, but Aliens just even beyond the movie, it's gone on to video games. There's other there's novels I think that get made for it. There's yeah. others artwork that people do for it just because the, the creatures designs are so unique. Um, but as you play video games more than me, I'm just curious, like just your perspective on aliens stemming into more than just being movies. Well, I think that again we have to thank Mr. Cameron for what he did with the second one because you know the first was the cat and mouse hiding that's what's hunting one hunter cat and mouse the second grew it into something else and that's what helps it continue to be relevant and then in games you know it's you can you can play what what version of the franchise you like best yeah because there's been games that have that have explored both aspects only recently have they been been good ones to my knowledge if you like the first film, you're going to love Alien Isolation. I was just going to say that. But if you're like me and you love the second film, you respect the hell out of it, but you're like, I want to I want to be Hudson. I want right. to shoot. You want to the, spray and pray. Yeah, and recently, thankfully, a game, Aliens Fireteam Elite, came out and did that. When, and, when did that come out? Uh, August 24th. Okay, so it's, it's definitely very recent. It is very recent. I think, so. I mean, I haven't, like, seen, again, game, video games, they're, they're not, like, my thing, but I can say, like, Jared and I, like, this is just some personal stuff, you know, we, I, I don't know, I still consider myself a gamer, we've played yeah. games our entire lives, Yep. Um, and we grew up with them, Jared's always player one, I'm always player two, that is the dynamic, um, but, anywho, to going into, uh, to alien video games on there, uh, I do appreciate that that just from games, just from video games, they have uh, they've explored both like the horror aspects, but then yes. also like the the Marines, like the action. Shoot yes, them. you can have multiple genres in one thing. Do you have a favorite game, like favorite Aliens one? I uh, considering I have only played two. I don't feel like that's you fair. You just played Isolation and Fire Team. Yes, but I I'm gonna play Fire Team over and over and over. Have you beat more. it already? Yes. Is it, is it there? Because there's a story, right? Yeah, and it's not uh, too bad. It, it's, how long? How long is it? Uh, I don't keep track of that too well. Yeah, but it's 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 a good addition to the aliens universe. It takes place. It's supposed to take place like 35 years after the events of the mm-hmm. film we're discussing. So, do you hope that they make more games? You know, yes and no, because it would depend on how much, who's behind it, and 
how much how much funds they have. This this one was a smaller team, mm-hmm. not as much uh, collateral to work with, but they did great. But I don't know if someone larger could they do what the Aliens franchise does, which you know could they stay true to it? And you have to nail that environment. That's yeah. also, that's a big thing. If you atmosphere is big, you can put a xenomorph in you know other video games if you think even other ones with monsters. But if you don't have that world around it, the xeno gets a little less scary. So I would like to see a new one, uh, maybe more of like almost an RPG that lets you. Yeah. Not you're not. It's not you know. I don't know what the exact time frame is of the aliens film, but. After they wake up from their hypersleep, what the mission lasts maybe a day or two. But yeah, imagine it, it is over. Like it, does, it yeah. seems longer, it's, but it's no, it's it's uh, probably like two days. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. but if they, if I'd like to see one that could stretch that out, and it wasn't just hide from the Xeno or blast the Xeno. If it could touch on the scientific parts and just well, world exploration. Yeah, I mean, because like I, I like the. That's part of the other reasons I actually like the, I mean, Aliens and all of them, is that ultimately I like science fiction movies where they show people trying to explore new worlds, yeah. you know, new new areas. Space travel is just an interesting, you know, subject in general. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that'd be cool if they expanded that. Yeah. Um, now, I guess, uh, have you ever, because there are, I know there's books. I mean, whether they're canon think... or not, like, whatever. I, you read sometimes. Yeah, but sadly I have not picked up one of those. I should. Hmm. I probably would make the time for it, but... Uh, maybe we can look up maybe whatever the best rated one is or something. It's not a bad idea. There. Well, I guess the to, you know the last thing I'll say just to wrap this up is is that you know given your love of aliens and whatnot, I mean you must be happy that it has you know such presence about it that people have taken the time and liberty to put it in books and video games and and other things to build off of it. Yes, because. Uh, I was born after this movie. After. The hype from it could have died down long ago. Mm-hmm. But because it has its staying power and they did it so well, this year is the 35th anniversary of it. Is it really? It is. Whoa. But how many films get to celebrate 35 years and actually brag about it? Yeah. How, there's so many 80s, 90s movies that just... I'm not saying forgotten, but they don't get to do that. And since Cameron and Ridley Scott, they what they built, what they shot, it lasted with people enough that someone like me, who didn't get to grow up with it necessarily, I can still experience it. I can still see the horror because the because of how it was shot. The the effects are practical. I if they yeah. if none of that happened, I mean I mean you could say that for anything, but I think the perfect note to end this on is, I'm trying to think how how best to say this, but you know, a movie like Aliens to me, I mean, any any movie really is in a sense a miracle in a sense, yeah. and and I'm gonna explain what I mean by that and why I think it matters to say for Aliens is that making a movie from everything I know about it, I've never I I would love to actually be a part of making one one day. I think that'd be incredible, but they are hard and they employ depending on the size of a film potentially thousands of people and people are coming together for a common goal and you have so many different parts 
that need to coincide and make sense. And you have so many, you know, when you're around creative people, I mean, I'm a, I'd, I'd like to consider myself a creative person and I just know the, the difficulties of trying to communicate a vision, especially to so many different people. And the point I bring with all that is that a movie like Aliens, is, it's, it's such a great movie for a lot of different reasons, but I always want to appreciate just how hard it is, you know, how hard movies are to make and how much actually has to go right to make one be as impactful and last as long as it has. Like you, like you said, Jared, yeah. 35 freaking years that this movie is still being talked about today, not just by us, but other avid fans, other, you know, filmmaking enthusiasts. Cause like I said, it's not just a fan film. There are people from the film world, you know, that, that love this movie. And I just want to say that movies should always be, um, looked on and appreciated um, in, in, in all the aspects that I mentioned I, I'm kind of ra- unraveling here a little bit but it's like it's a, it's a miracle to, to get a movie made let alone one that just works on so many different levels and like you know the casting was all right at the time you know like there's so it's a miracle it it's an absolute miracle when a movie like this gets made and is still talked about and holds up for such a long time and matters to so many people but and and also that you know it's still enjoyable to watch because you know there's a fair share amount of people who uh they don't want to see a movie from the 80s 90s just because the effects look cheesy to them yeah i showed this to my nephews who are uh you know 11 and 15 and they loved it I was worried they'd be like, "Oh, come on, that looks brand no." Right, because no. they're because they're used to like the they're, Avengers and yeah, stuff. they have yeah. top tier of you know, but mm-hmm. thirty five years old, even kids can still enjoy this movie, if they're not too scared. But we weren't. I'm, when did you see? Okay, I don't me, know. Do you I know, know what question you're asking right now. I don't. Yeah, when did you first see Aliens? I have no damn idea. I can't recall either. Certain movies, like you know, they're very memorable. Like I know exactly and the I, day, the time. Like I feel like I, I, I have no idea. I feel like I forgot, even when I first saw it. And it suddenly just one day I was like, I'm gonna watch this again, and I just fell into a loop. But I don't know when I first saw I'm, this. I can't recall for myself. I will say, if my memory is serving me correctly, that I actually think I saw Aliens first before I ever actually saw Alien. Probably. I think I because I, I, I know when I saw Alien, and it was definitely later later in life, and I know I saw Aliens before. But anywho, that's that's neither here nor there. Any final thoughts that you want to say on Aliens, Jared? Everyone should give this movie a chance. I mean, if you haven't seen it, which I mean, I hey, there's people that haven't seen it. And to save you some time, while the first film is great, I love the first movie. Yeah, I think you can show anyone the second one and they're going to enjoy the whole experience. Well, it works as, it, still is, it. it works as its own movie. Yes. Despite you, being a sequel, mm-hmm. it still works on its own and I think that helps it too. Well, but there you have it. That that's that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. That's all I have to say <laughs> about aliens. Uh, Jared, are you actually surprised that you made it this far in life or this conversation? Let's just go with this conversation. Well, the answer is both. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Surprised. No, hey, hey. I I'm happy to have you here. You're welcome back anytime. Anything. 
I always actually offer people this, even though I'm doing this mostly as a joke to you. But anything you want to plug? You want to plug your Instagram? You want to plug your handles? Uh, no, I have disabled almost all my social media. Honestly, you're probably living a happier life for it. I think. All right, <laughs> that's all I got, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.